Oh, there's a countdown. Okay. It's a countdown. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Escape from San Francisco podcast with your host, Aaron Rodriguez. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing three people from Galma, the organization. Um, they do really great work here in San Francisco and around the Bay Area. I'm accompanied today by three members, Stephanie, Anna Karen, at City. You can find Kama on Instagram, Twitter, Patreon. Um, their link trees on, on Instagram. You could donate to them. You could also see what they're about and see the help that they're doing in the community. Um, starting with Stephanie. Hello, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? Thanks for hosting us. <laughs> um, my name is Stephanie Medina, and I am one of the co-founders of Calma, and uh, I'm one of the for the daily program. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate you taking out, uh, time out of your day, and um, I'm looking forward to this. Hello, Anna. How are you doing? Good. Hey, my name's Anna Karen. I'm really excited to be here. Um, I'm just a volunteer. I fit wherever anybody needs me, and um, I'm always happy to do it. Thank you. And um, at City? Hi there, super happy to be here. Um, my name is Hatsidi. I, like Anna Karen, I'm a volunteer, kind of like fit anywhere is needed. Um, mostly I do the fundraising and certain donations that are sent to us. Nice to meet you all. And um, like I said, it's a pleasure having you on and hopefully have a good conversation and we can you know, talk about Kama. That's what uh, the main focus will be tonight is to talk about Kama, the great organization that is helping people here in the community. And um, I wanted to start off with what does community mean to you? And um, do you have any volunteers who wants to go first? I can go first. Okay. <laughs> um, so for me, community is people that come together because they believe they have the same belief and they want to make something happen, something big. Like they see struggle, a struggle. They all believe that they can change that. So they all come together um, to help each other and then make things happen. Thank you. Uh, Anna or Stephanie? Um, yeah, I think uh, community, like you can find it anywhere. I mean, it's, something that can be geographical but I think that's the like awesome part about it is that until you kind of reach out to more people and like get to know them you find like more community and see that it's like kind of like limitless thank you but Stephanie yeah uh, for me community um, is a group of folks from all walks of life that get together and just you know hold space for each other um, and and really just, yeah, hold space for each other. No, those are great. Um, to me, community, I'm still trying to search what community actually means because I'm from a small, like, country, um, rural community, uh, like a suburb of Fresno that was a farming community for the longest time. We have the Harvest Festival there, which is a, every year they have the harvest, and so they throw a carnival, a little festival. And so that's something I grew up accustomed to. Coming out to the big city, um, my journey here to San Francisco, I don't have no sense of community, or I, I didn't have that sense. I don't know who my neighbors are. I don't know their names. I don't talk to anyone here. 
uh, no, just for me, that was no community. Um, I developed community in when I was doing it with work and, and stuff like that. Then I got into the podcast space and I started interviewing people and organizations and started seeing there is community here in the Bay Area and there's great community in San Francisco. And then I started volunteering myself. And so I'm trying to be a part of other people's communities and trying to hold space in the proper way, not trying to take over or trying to uh, say that this is mine or not. I'm I'm here to help in the best way I can and whatever help that you need me to give help. I'm not going to go over there and overstep my boundaries. And so that to me is I'm trying to learn what community here is in the Bay Area and I'm liking that a lot. And it goes into the thing of volunteering. I never, I volunteered from time to time, but I've never done it on the way I'm doing now. And so all of you volunteered. How was, how was it volunteering for an organization and how did you get into volunteering? Um, yeah, I feel like you brought up a great point of like not wanting to take over. And like, that's, that's, I feel like that's what Calma is. I feel like we all are a big part of Palma and we all make things happen and we all help each other in like whichever way that we can. Um, and that's why I started volunteering with Calma. Um, it was last year during the pandemic. Um, I was laid off from my job and like life wasn't looking so great. But then um, I had been following Palma for a little bit and I actually, um, I liked everything, all the work that they had been doing. And I, but I had no idea how like to get involved or if anybody could get involved. So I just remembered uh, Calma posted something about uh, needing uh, donations uh, to help families. Um, and one of the things that I did was just, um, I did like a watercolor and then I just remember I was like, oh, like I'm just gonna make prints and I'm gonna donate the money I make out of those prints uh, to Calma. So I started doing that. I sold like some prints. I made some money. I donated the money to Calma. And then I got contacted by CDB um, through Instagram. And she just randomly asked me if, um, if I could help just sorting donations. And I was just like, yeah, sure. Like I, like, I, I have a lot of free time. So um, I started going to like her garage. Um, we started like sorting donations, started doing all this stuff. And slowly I started getting more involved with Calma, um, taking on more responsibilities, uh, seeing where they needed help and just kind of like jumping into it. And everyone has been super welcoming, especially like with COVID, uh, like no knowing anybody, like not meeting everyone like uh, in person, but still feeling like I've known them for a while. So it's been super great. It's been, I, I felt like, like a second family, like everyone's super nice, everyone's super helpful and like always willing to help in one way or another. No, thank you. I appreciate that. With with COVID and everything, like this is why I'm gravitating towards it more because that, that sense of community is like, I miss that so much, you know, being with the lockdowns and everything. We we didn't realize how important that was. We're so stuck in that fa fast pace, rat race type of lifestyle that we had out here that it really um, put in perspective what's important and what's not. And uh, for you, Anna, how did you get into the volunteering space? Um, so kind of a little similar to a theory. Uh, it was during COVID. Um, about 
I'm not from the Bay Area. So what you said, um, I'm from a whole other state. <laughs> and um, so uh, coming here, I've always um, had a job or worked in like public service. But then moving here, I kind of um, did the opposite of that just because of what the market is out here. And so I felt like a need to like still do what I know like I'm passionate for, which is like helping people. So um, I just started looking. I was like, okay, there's people out here doing stuff. Like, let me see. And so someone that I, I had actually met um, said, hey, you should check out Gadma. And so um, immediately I just felt like a connection to it. But um, once I reached out to everyone, um, it was cool to see how like a series that everyone was so welcoming. But also the magic in Gadma is that we're not like tied down by any necessarily like rules or anything. So um, it's kind of like we can do what we want. We can have storage in garages or we can decide to help people from our homes, our living rooms, you know, like we don't need a space. Like we are doing what we are can with what we have and like we're not waiting around. So, um, yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. That was, that's really nice. And for you, Stephanie? Yeah, um, involved with Border um, Angels Bay Area chapter, which uh, was um, pretty much we carried over all the stuff that we were doing previously um, through the chapter um, and transitioned into Calma. Um, so I, I joined um, in 2019 prior to the pandemic, um, but and over. And we we all just started to figure it out as we were building, essentially, right? Because there was a pandemic, and um, our the, the the community that we were helping uh, was just facing an even more um, difficult time. Um, I do want to emphasize that, that uh, we're all volunteer it's a volunteer-based organization. And so I, I want to echo what Anna Karen said, that like, yeah, we, we make things happen. And uh, we organize in our garages. We organize in our, in our rooms. We organize in our living rooms. We hold um, space for each other in our living rooms. We host retreats virtually, retreats in our homes. Um, you know, it's it's really we have that flexibility of being able to get things done wherever we we have the space to do so and so um that's yeah that's a little bit about that uh, so you've been with um Calma since the beginning and i know the Calma just came up on their one-year anniversary and how was that for you how was uh becoming a one-year um with this organization and, and seeing it blossom and grow into what it is today I can start with this question um, and then I can pass it on. But I, I am very, very, very proud of the volunteers, of everybody who has been working, putting in so many hours of their time and their labor and their love, right? It's a, it's a community effort, a collective effort, um, and different people with different skills and um, different passions, right? We have people that are helping remote. Uh, we have people that are like on the ground organizing. We have people phone banking, um, people 
So um, it's very exciting to see the growth of the families that we originally started with in the beginning of the pandemic. So in April, when we launched of last year of 2020, we were serving four families um, with accompaniment services and small cash aid. And now, uh, April of 2021, uh, we are uh, only 31 families. And they're spread out between Oakland, San Francisco, and um, Daly City. So um, it's amazing to see the growth. And that really has been thanks to the collective action of all of everybody involved. So, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I think with, um, um, with how many volunteers continue to join us, everyone kind of brings in their own little expertise or their own connections. And so we just keep, um, we're able to keep making new ones and then um, hopefully just keep growing. Yeah, it's definitely exciting to hear um, like people that just like keep asking about Calma, like the name is definitely getting out there. People are like believe in the work that we do. And I think that's that's amazing because like people, yeah, like they see that everything that we're doing has a purpose and it's great. It's great to be a part of that. And I really like the type of fundraising that Calma does. One of them was uh, the 5K run, or it was how, however many uh, miles someone wants to run, you could sponsor them. And so I got one of my friends to do it, and um, he just put it up on Instagram. I sponsored him. I got him started, and then all these people that he knew just started like, hey, you're doing that? I'm going to sponsor you too. And so he raised a good amount of money, and it was fun to see the process and see him have fun with it as well, knowing that it was going to a good cause. And um that's what sparked my interest and I've really appreciated what you were doing um, during that time. And so looking forward to many more in the future, uh, whatever it might be. Um, I'm always wanting to be a supporter, especially for those that are, are fighting for those that are most vulnerable. And especially in this time of need, um, we're going through something that's unprecedented and it's something that a lot of people don't understand um, how many people really do need help right now. And this was even before the pandemic even hit and going forward. Um, even though uh, there's only so much you can do personally, but together, you know, that's where the change happens. And it's getting people like all of you involved and in, in starting that change with whether it's through Kama, whether it's through any other organizations that's here in the Bay Area, it gives people a fighting chance uh, for a better future. Um, what I would say is, who does Gamma help? Who are the individuals that that are are receiving the the benefits from the fundraising and also receiving um, the help from the genuine care and love and, and effort that each of you are all putting into this? Yeah. So, um, um, and I'll I'll um, read out the name. It's Collective Action for Laborers, Migrants, and Asylum Seekers. And so um, we have the Day Labor Outreach Program, which um, is an outreach in Oakland and San Francisco. And we support um, jornaleros, also known as day laborers, uh, with health essentials, everyday essentials, and um, hot meals, and also in-kind donations, like clothing. And um, 
a lot of the families that we support with rental assistance are um, immigrants, migrants, and uh, asylum seekers, current asylum seekers. Um, so, and there's also but these are these are folks that are that are migrants to to the Bay Area. And um, this this population, how do they get in? Um... So you you get in contact through them with outreach. Is there any other way they could get in contact with Kama? Is there referrals? Like, Sorry, go ahead. I believe I, I believe that a lot of the Karma families that we got was through like word of mouth. Like we have like families just like um, that are struggling and communicating with each other, um, letting them know about Kalma and obviously. Um, we try to help as many families as we can. Anybody that asks for help, um, however we can, we just tr go ahead and help them. And then it's just great because it's just like the trust that they're trusting us a lot. Like these families are just hearing from like other families and um, it's just really nice that they trust us with everything. That's what it is, building trust in the community. Um, having people they could go to for actual help and they give their trust in your hands and that's hard to build a lot of people don't have trust especially nowadays and so it's really hard to get to that level and that means that's a lot of work that you put in and it's starting to show if people are trusting to go to you for help because they know that that's what Kama does and that's how they're able to you know get the needs met and it's something that's that shows a sign of, of the work and progress that you you have been doing um what i was going to ask as well is how do people donate to Kama? If so, someone that wanted, like myself, how I, I saw it was that you're doing that fundraiser through Instagram. And so that's how I got it. That's how I got put on notice. And that's how I donated. How does someone else, if they come across this podcast or they see on this video, um, how do they reach out and, and donate or get involved? That's <laughs> <laughs> So we have different ways. Um, we're always accepting donations, obviously. Um, I feel that most of our information of how to donate will be on our website, um, which is calmaofficial.org. Um, we also accept uh, Venmo, um, which is our Venmo handle will be calma-org. Um, Cash App will be calma-org. Um, also, you can go through our, to our Instagram, which is calmaofficial underscore org. Um, and there we have our link tree, which will take people to our Patreon. We also have Patreon. So if people want to become um, monthly, <laughs> monthly supporter, um, then they can definitely do that. And we also like encourage like no amount is too little like we always accept any type of donations um so yeah like right now or they even can um contact us via facebook or email um we our email is info at commaofficial.org and they can always email us and um, we definitely will get in contact with them um to let them know all the different ways that they can support us that's great and, and patreon's a really great system because oh go ahead sorry I just wanted to add and emphasize that to folks that are wondering where is your money going when you donate to any of these um, handles. Um, this is all going back into the families and uh, the community members that we support. Uh, again, Calma is a
organizations. This is all going back into the community. So your money is going directly rent stipend or you know uh, mental health services or um, food, hot meals, etc. Um, if I could also add too, um, we don't just do like the monetary donations. We also do take um, other kinds of donations. Uh, sometimes people don't have you know cash, but they'll say, "Hey, I have you know an extra fifty masks. Would you like them?" And so they'll just uh, email. Uh, they can email us. They can uh, DM us on Instagram, Facebook, anywhere. Um, even people you know will say, "Hey, we have a ten dollar gift card to Target," and um, so literally. We, um, as long as, you know, like, um, we can do it and, um, we definitely will take it. And that, that's amazing. So if you don't have cash, you could donate something, uh, something properly like, uh, socks, uh, food or gift cards or anything like that. That's, that's, that's beautiful. That's something that you're able to get to help someone else. Also, um, there's other things such as, um, Patreon, which you were mentioning, you don't have to. Uh, donate hundreds and hundreds of dollars. You could donate $5, $10 a month, and that adds up over time. And if you have, you know, 10 other people doing the same or 100 other people doing the same, and that adds up over time, and that definitely go to help uh, other, vigil, other vigils um, along the way. And that's where um, I want to segue into the next question is, what does uh, collective action mean? I've, I've had this question uh, asked before, and you myself, I'm just, I'm still don't know. Um, I need to do a little bit more research myself. But what does collective action mean? I know it's part of your your title, and um, it's something that I I think is really great as far as getting people together um, and helping other people. Um. Yeah. So, oops, you go ahead. Sorry, you guys froze for a second. <laughs> uh, no, it's okay. It's you all good. Hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. You're okay. good. The lag. Um, okay. Uh, for, for me, uh, collective action means uh, different folks from the community uh, getting together and making things happen. Um, and so uh, I think that, you know, there's approximately... 20 to 25 active volunteers in Karmak. And so everyone has a different skill set. Everybody has different capacity. Um, and so we all kind of plug in where we can. And we make whatever, whatever event or whatever fundraising effort or outreach event happen. That, that's it. Collective action—that's something that is powerful uh, when you when you put it together, and that's something that it, it shows. And I've seen some of the videos and some of the you know the images that you put out there of, of the work actually coming to fruition and seeing the people that you help. Is there any like personal stories connecting uh, people to Kalma that you would like to share? Um. So I think, I mean, I think 
Um, there's so many different places, you know, obviously that we can all volunteer our time. And, um, there, I don't think any one of us just have like one singular interest and like, we're only like care about this sex of people. So, um, I, I would say for the most part, people who are in Karma do have like a personal connection, like a personal connection to it. Um, and for me, you know, it is, um, being like a migrant, um, and coming here at a very young age. And so, um, I, you know, didn't, I was, I lived undocumented for so many years and, um, especially where I grew up, I didn't have community. Like everyone was scared to, um, say, Hey, like I'm undocumented or like ask for help or anything. So, um, to see it here and to see people like find a power within it was like, just what I never knew I like was like needing in my life. So, um, for me, that's kind of like why Karma has like been, um, something that like I work endlessly to do despite having a full-time job because I like, it doesn't seem like work. Like it seems like what I want to be doing, what I need to be doing. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like for me, um, I am also not from here. So like migrating here when I was 12, um, I grew up in the Mission District in San Francisco um, to a low-income family. So we struggle a lot navigating a system that never uh, failed to help us uh, a lot of the times. Um, seeing my parents struggle and it was organizations like Calma that helped my family stay afloat, that helped us get through like some of the hardest times. So now that I'm able to offer my time, um, it is like those experiences that I had as a kid um, that make me want to give to the, back to the community because I know even though I might not be struggling as hard as others, like I know we're still, there's a lot of work that we have to do with families. There's a lot of work that we need to do with uh, people. So this is kind of like me trying to just like give back and just trying to do what the government isn't doing. So, which is just helping um, the families that need it the most. Uh, thank you. Thank you for mentioning that, you know, doing what, what, uh, what should be done, you know, it, this should be done. This shouldn't have to take uh, volunteers to collect resources together to help individuals that are deserving and that are, um, you know, most vulnerable at this time to get the help they need. And so it, it, it is a sad situation, but it's a situation that makes people powerful in the sense that they come together and develop this site of this type of community and, and put, you know, you know, the resources that it might seem scarce at times, but there's something that what people realize we're resilient. We find a way, if there's a way, there's a way, you know, you're going to find it, you're going to find out how to help. And that's something that um, organizations like AMA do on the regular is just finding those ways to system navigate. Like you're saying, system navigation is something I do for my type of work is having to connect resources to, um, you know, the most vulnerable it is it. Sometimes I think I'm just like, how is, how is this like not more known? Like how come these are not issues that are put on the forefront? How come these are just stuff that people put to the side and don't really pay attention to as much or don't get as much um, notoriety. And it, it's, 
it, it bothers me from time to time because I'm just like, this needs to be done more, you know, more efficient, faster, or more funded. And it, it's just hard because you're relying on the on the good faith of, of communities and organizations and also, um, you know, uh, like churches or whatever it might be to, to help uh, the most vulnerable people when we live in an area that's very expensive and that has the most, you know, money in, in some of the most money in California. And it's, it, that's what uh, makes me also like a little angry at the system at the same time. I'm sorry to go on my little rant, but that's just the stuff I see, you know, working and, and being out here and volunteering is, is really hard to, to, you know, understand sometimes. The economic gap is just infuriating um, and you can't escape it, you know, like you see it everywhere. You're driving, you're walking, like everywhere. Um, so, um, and like you said, it's very, like what Asiri said, it's very important to remember that the government has failed these people and that's kind of why we're here. I mean, I know we're all doing a great thing, but like we, like we shouldn't have to do this, like they should be able to get help. And that's the thing is they, and they're so vulnerable too. So it's, they don't even want to use their voices. Right. Like, um, so, um, yeah, it's, um, part of our mission to, um, not only hopefully help right now, but also build something that will sustain like all of us, like even the people doing the work assume, I mean, hopefully, you know, obviously we don't, this work won't be needed forever, but we, um, we want to be able to keep doing it. Yeah. It's how to make this sustainable to, mm -hmm. you know, last years to come and to help more people at a, at a higher volume, which is something a lot of organizations are struggling trying to figure out how to do because it's, 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 you all know it's, it's, it's hard work. You know, it's a lot of hours put in having to fundraise, having to get, re collect resources, putting them in and making that more efficient and um, not getting burned out, right? So one of the number one things I'm hearing from other organizations is is people getting burned out. I got burned out of my job. And I can't m imagine getting burned out at work and then getting burned out, like trying to work in the community. That's something that um, we have to be realistic with ourselves and understanding there is a need that needs to be met out there, but we can't meet that need if we can't be okay with ourselves. And so that's what um, comes to self-care. And that's what I want to ask next is, is how are you doing this week? How is how is your your self care going? How's your mental uh, you know uh, self care going at, at this time? Because there's a lot going on in the news today or news this week and very heavy stuff. And and looking back of like how do you take care of yourself so you could be better for other people, especially you know the most vulnerable people that we serve in um, at this time. Yeah, um, I guess I can start with this um, question. I. Uh... I am actually just coming back from being on a leave of absence from Calma for about four weeks. And it was very necessary because you're absolutely right about burnout. And I think that the most important thing to do to avoid burnout, especially in these spaces, right, um, organizing in, in the community is to really take care of, of yourself. Give yourself the time to rest and to take a break, you know. Um, and and I know that I I was trying to join all the meetings and all the opportunities and all the outreach events, but um, 
I, I, I believe this. I'm a, a firm believer that in order to, to help others, you need to, to be there for yourself and help yourself. So um, it's important to, to rest. Um, and uh, this week I, uh, I'm back to Calma, but I'm also trying to rest as much as I can because there's a lot of stuff circulating on social media, a lot of things circulating on the news and um, it's, it's all, it's all, uh, it's all difficult for our mental health. So I can't emphasize how important it is to rest. Yes. How about you, Anna? How are you doing this week with self-care? Um, so, uh, <laughs> for me, self-care, I think, um, is just, I'm sure like anybody, um, a struggle only because I feel that, um, in the ways that calm me necessarily aren't usually like rest I feel that sometimes like the rest for me um creates um I don't know like I feel that whenever there's so much going on and then social media you're you're constantly seeing it and you can't catch a break from anything um the best thing for me to do I feel like is is to be with like the community that you know is working to do something about um what you know all the disparities but um I feel that way because I do get really hopeless with all like with everything going on I'm like okay are things not going things aren't going to change like you know I have a son and like I I can't imagine leaving the world like this for him so for me it's I I love being around and like working on a project or being around people um who like you know we have the same mission and we're doing something because that kind of feeds like the hope back into me, like seeing other people's passion and like resilience, like despite everything that we face every day, like that's kind of what I need whenever I feel like I just have had too much. Like I, I want to be reminded of like what there is left, you know, to like do and that we can do it essentially. Uh, that's, that's very important. That's true. Um, everyone has self care in their own ways and, uh, I'm the same. I, I, this is my self care. You know, I do this, I do all kinds of, I'm doing all kinds of things. And it's like, there's some times though, where I do need to take a nap and I just need to chill out. There's like times where you just need <laughs> yep. to chill out. And I'll, yep. I will get reminded by that. Um, <laughs> life, life will remind you real quick. Um, for you, um, I say is, uh, what's your self care? Uh, how are you? So for me, I feel like I'm definitely learning to listen to my body. Um, um, definitely learning to put boundaries, um, learning to say no to things. Um, so if I can't take more than what's already on my plate, like definitely like vocalize that. Um, I know nobody's going to get mad about that. Um, so yeah, for me, this week has been, um, staying at my family's place. Um, definitely like having some people that I appreciate in my life, um, around me, like has helped me a lot. And um, I know I took like uh, like a week off from Calma um, last week. So now this week I'm back again and I'm just like, okay, great. Like, let's get things started. So definitely taking like a break here and there um, is necessary to just kind of, because like, what's the point on kind of not being okay yourself? Um, and like, if you're trying to help some other people. Yeah, that's that's the truth. And you said it like you have to listen to your body. 
I'm I think I'm still like really young. I'm about to be 29 next week, and I got hurt for like the first time, and and it wouldn't go away right. Like usually I get hurt, it goes away right away. Like this has like been nagging me for like the past two two and a half weeks, and I'm just like, man, maybe I should take it easy a little bit. Like I've never been never felt like that. But like you said, life and and, and listening to your body and listening to you know everything around you, your environment. Um, will dictate how and when you should, you know, take self-care or what you should do. And so being cognizant of that and and being okay so you can help other people because the work you do um, is really hard. Whether I don't know what type of work you do in your professional life. You know, I don't know what if that's challenging as well. But when you're in the volunteer um, part and sector and, and you're doing a lot of that, depending on what you do, it, it, it could be very traumatizing. You know, you're, you're dealing with people losing their house, you're people with food insecurity, people not being able to pay for the electric, electricity and things like that. You know, you could take on secondhand trauma. You could take on these people's traumas. And, and it, 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 after a while, it, just, it's, it becomes draining and, and demoralizing because you feel like there's not enough being done. And you have to take a, a second to sit back and realize, I'm doing the best I can for what I can for, for the moment right now. And that may be all I can do, but just realize that you, the work you're doing is important and that you are making a difference in someone else's life. No matter how small it is, that difference could be very impactful. There could be a child um, out there that without your help, they wouldn't, you know, when they get to, uh, when they get to adult age, um, without that little help, who knows what would happen. For me, it was growing up, you know, in very in poverty. If it wasn't for the church donating Christmas presents, I probably wouldn't have Christmas presents, you know, like little things like that. I think back of, and, and it was always the same thing. I always got a basketball every year, but I still got a basketball and I was excited. You know, that was those little things uh, mean a lot to me as an adult now, because I realized I could give back because maybe there's a kid out there just like me, or maybe there's, there's someone that needs that type of help. And so it's always good to learn how to give back and learning how to set boundaries with other people and with yourself. Um, I know we're coming towards the end of this uh, podcast, and I want to appreciate each and each and every one of you for um, being on the podcast today, and those people that are going to listen um, to this podcast in the future. Uh, you guys, oh, you all were great guests, and you had very great insight. Um, and um, I, before I end, before I end it, I only want to ask one last question. And I know that I didn't prepare for you this one, so this one's a little bit tricky. Um, if you don't want to answer, that's fine. Um, my question is. What do you want to be remembered for? Um, if someone wanted to know who Stephanie was, what do you want people to remember you for? Can I go second? <laughs> that's fine, that's fine. I put you on the spot. I will put you on the spot. I put you on the spot. All right, I'll, I'll go. For, I'll go first. Thank you, though. So if if uh, if people wanted to know who I was and they wanted to look in my past or my history of what I've done. Um, to the time I would want people to remember me for being someone that was very helpful that made an impact on other people's lives and that was someone that was a great friend a brother a boyfriend a, a husband whoever my, whatever my roles might be in the future someone that was just a great member of community someone that was there to hold space hold proper space and to give a handout um, a lending a hand when the time of need and never being able to not going back to self or giving into selfish ways and 
and being someone that's a productive member of society. Um, and yeah, I want people to remember me for that. That's that's my, my goal in life is to be a productive member of society and someone they can lean on for help in every, whatever fashion, advice, uh, monetary means, or, you know, well, my time. So that's, that's what I would say for myself. I can remember. <laughs> uh, go ahead, go ahead, Asidi. <laughs> Mine is like very simple. Um, like I know a lot of people ask me, like, why do I volunteer so much in like different organizations and everything? And I feel like it's the answer to this question, um, where I always tell people, like, I'm not trying to like for people to see me as she's a great person. She's just, oh my gosh, you're amazing for like doing all these works. Um, I feel like I just want to be remembered for trying to be a decent human. Like that's like, that's my goal in life, trying to be the best human that I can. And like, I just want to be remembered for that. Someone that was like trying to be the best that she could to like help to like, yeah, like just be a, a good person. Um, because I feel like um, in this world, like right now we just, full of like a lot of things there's a lot going on and like i feel like we all just kind of like need to be a decent person yeah, that's wonderful there need if there's more people with that sentiment like out, that thinking out there this world will be a better place a little bit about um what a siri just said though but like um how if you know there was more of us who thought the same but um i kind of don't I would like to be remembered as, like, not a bystander, you know? Um, I wasn't just sitting back, <laughs> letting all these things happen quietly. Um, and in the best way possible, you know, I didn't mind my own business. Um, and that, um, you know, similar that I tried, like, um, may not always have had a solution, may have not always, you know, like, necessarily made it to the next step but I was there like that's what I want to be like remembered for like I was there I cared and like I um genuinely like want to be there and like gave my you know attention so no, thank you and finally Stephanie what do you want to be remembered for I want to be remembered for being somebody who truly cares, um, someone who is always going to stand in solidarity or was always in solidarity with other folks, and someone who just cares and, and has does this because they want to and does this because they have a lot of, of love to share for my community, our community. Um, so essentially that caring, love, and solidarity. Thank you. That was a very poetic uh, way to end this uh, podcast. And you didn't want to go, but you said some of the most amazing, you know, words. And so I want to, uh, I want to thank you once again for everyone coming on and sharing your uh, wisdom inside and, and, um, and everything there is to know about Kama. Where can we find Kalma at? One last time. Where can people find Kalma? What What are the socials? Whoa. Go ahead. 
go to Instagram if you guys have Instagram. Definitely follow us on Instagram. Um, we have most of our information there. Um, you can always uh, direct messages and we'll try to help you with any questions that you have. Or you can email us at um, info at commaofficial.org and we can answer any questions. We can like give you more like of the handles if you want or if you just want to. We're always also looking for volunteers. So if you want to volunteer with us with anything that you can, then we'll take you. All right. Thank you. As uh, the sirens go by, I appreciate it and uh, have a good meeting. <laughs> Thank you, so, Thank I, you I, so much.